It's Thursday, October 4th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, a show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 238, You Kids and Your Fancy Graphics. Runtime for this episode is 52 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast with a banana in their pocket. My name is Jeremy. I guess I'm happy to see you. I'm Tyler. I'm back with you guys again. My name is Zach. At least I don't have pigtails. My name is Kevin. That's true. Actually, this game suffers from a distinct lack of DixieCon. It does. I gave my Monster Hunter character pigtails at first, but then changed it when I realized I was going to have to stare at his back for that long. (laughs) Is it Dixie or Trixie? I honestly can't remember. I think it's Dixie. I think it's Dixie because I think they're all they all begin with D. I don't think they I'm all do. Well, until Donkey Kong sixty four, I believe the first three do. Oh, okay, that might be true. Well, there's also remember. Tiny, yes, and yeah. Lanky and Chunky. Yeah, they start branching out there, but I think it's Diddy, that, Donkey, and Dixie. That's what Jeremy was saying. Is that before sixty four? Well, three as Tiny. No, Tiny debuts in Donkey Kong sixty four. She's retconned back into. Okay, no, so that's not the one I'm thinking of, then. He's... Baby? Yeah, Yeah, Baby Kong? Is is it named Baby? I think it's Baby Kong. I know who you're talking about. Okay, he's like Chunky, but also not. I I just wish Chunky was a grown-up version of whatever this one was. I thought it was a missed opportunity. Chunky is definitely the shaggy of Donkey (laughs) Kong, right? Like Zoink's pet we don't have. I don't want (laughs) to be here. I think K rules out to get us, man. So, that said, though, who's the Fred? Because I feel like none of them. Maybe Diddy, actually. Maybe Diddy is Fred. Okay, well, Donkey Kong has that tie. And he I can does, imagine but he's Donkey not Kong nearly saying, that hey, responsible. we have a mystery to solve, guys. Nah, he's like... He's all about the bananas. Yeah. That's true. Donkey may actually be the he's Scooby. Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> not actually the leader. He's the dog. Yep. I also don't think they have a Velma, necessarily. Oh, they definitely don't have a Velma. Tiny, if anyone. Yeah, she's way tiny more closest. They just actually have three Shaggies. Look, I was not trying to make this a whole fan fiction, who's who, <laughs> alternate universe thing. But you did anyway. No, no, the real question is, which one of them is Jabberjaw? We played Donkey Kong Land this week, the Game Boy edition of Donkey Kong Country. As if we didn't play something with Donkey Kong, and that was entirely reasonable. Reasonable man, what did you reasonably play this reasonable week? <laughs> Well, I reasonably played some reasonable Mech Warrior online, and I'm going to stop this because... Uh, like just imagine all your mechs getting top hats, and it was pretty good. <laughs> oh, and that, also, that like, would be dapper Mech Warrior online. Yeah. That, that would be no, dapper, They'd need yeah. suits for that, too. Also, like mustaches, I just want to glue a mustache to the front of the mech. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's probably a bolt-on for that. Really, I just want Fortnite, but with mechs. Can we make that? No. Why not? Because they, I said so. They probably already have it in the works. Yeah, I probably hope so. Probably not. It's not actually that popular. What, mechs speaking. or Fortnite? Mechs. Okay. Fortnite is, is huge. Yeah, I was going to say, Fortnite much. is like made of popularity. It's almost Mickey goddamn mouse. I played a lot of MechWare Online. They released the Vixen, which I was kind of sad about. I really, really like the mech, but in terms of that game, it's not very good. So you're sad about how it turned out, not the fact that they released it. Yeah. It just needs a little bit of durability help is all. Although it is kind of amusing because the Vixen carries a half ton of machine gun ammo for four machine guns. On the tabletop, that's fine because that's like nine turns of ammo for a 30 ton mech. So that's fine. In MechWare Online, that is nowhere near enough. So you run out of ammo all the time. Can you change the loadout at all? Yeah, you can. Okay. They still have the customization, which is part of the problem, but also one of the things that makes MechWarrior and Battletech so much fun is personalizing your mechs. Mm -hmm. But because of how people are, you know, people will optimize things, and the optimal battle mech loadouts are kind of boring. Yeah, well, mm, mm. you played Armored Core, right? Yeah. I have come up with a lot of quote-unquote optimal designs, and some of them are just really goofy. Well, part of it is because of you have converging shots, so if you have distance and some big weapons, you can actually do a lot of damage to single locations in one like instant, gotcha. so it's hard to deal with. And that's why people build optimal build-outs, is cause that's because that's what works. Yeah, because they're good. Hey, this is way too late a question to ask. Did Kevin introduce himself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Kevin's here, guys. Yeah, no. He's, he's a guest. 
I forget what I, he said. It was something. I about, don't have pigtails. Yeah, at least I don't have pigtails. We didn't make a deal about it. He's a guest. He's sometimes guest. Yeah, sometimes guest Kevin. That's what yep. he's known as in our Discord, guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Care. We don't even care enough to make a big deal of him anymore. <laughs> Go on, Zach. <laughs> You've been on too many episodes. You've lost the novelty's worn off. We're past the new relationship phase. It's <laughs> no, I get that. That's why I didn't say anything. You, you didn't say it. anything because it's my job to say something, and I just didn't. Uh, other than that, I've actually been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World as usual. At this point, it's become kind of one of those replacement games for everything that we do. Still playing a lot with like Kevin and Jeremy and them, which is quite nice. I've got a almost a full set of some of the other gear. Like I've got my full Odoragon gear. I'm working on a bunch of different insect glaives and charge blades. It's one of those grinding things. I need a lot of different materials and whatnot so that I can actually build most of them. So I haven't gotten that far. What is an Odoragon? Preface this. Preface this. In the context of this, Kevin's name in Monster Hunter World is Picker. And there is definitely, in Malazan, an Odoteral dragon, and that is what I think of every time you say that. The Odoragon is the Red Hound. Yeah. You're actually right next to it. It's a yeah. dragon dog. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine oh. a dog. No, imagine that was a dragon, and he was a good boy. Oh, excellent. Yes, perfect. Because you just, <laughs> got to the, you just got to the Rotten Vale, right? Yeah. The Odoragon is, like, the big top predator monster in the Rotten Vale. Okay, no, that makes sense. It eats Ligianas. I presume for breakfast, but it might be any other meal. It eats pretty much everything. It's actually more of a snacker. It doesn't do like a consistent meal, just like eats over the course of the day. It causes bleeding. Ah, that was actually. I think it's the first monster that causes bleeding. It's the only monster that causes bleeding to my knowledge. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the bleeding resistance on its armor set is kind of like, that's useful against it. I was thinking, does the Black Diablos cause bleeding? I don't think he does. No. I think he's just like the Rathian and the Rathalos. He's just a tougher version of the non-color animal version. Yep. I still have to fight a black Diablos, but I want to get the pieces so that I can build my stupid Diablos blade before I go after it. But yeah, for the Odoragon fight by Astera Jerky from the provision stockpile, it cures bleeding and also increases your recovery speed. Oh, or nice. sushi fish scale. Which is eat, eat the sushi fish scale? Yeah, it cures bleeding. That's what, I thought you usually had to like craft basically anything into something useful. Well, you you have to go fishing for. Well, you do have to catch the sushi fish. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good uh, to yeah, know. So, yeah, and the only way to buy a stero jerky is, or the only way to get it is to buy it or get it as like a quest reward. I say Monster Hunter, the game that literally includes band aids, bandages as an actual item. But no, you just eat some jerky. Just, like, shove that right into the wound. <laughs> yep. Exactly. The Rotten Vale, I think, is one of the areas that we don't like so much as a unit because of the... The constant if, health drain. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I've got a belt that I built specifically to deal with it. But if I'm using that belt, it means I'm losing bonuses from the other belt that I use. Exactly. I've got... I think I finally got my third Miasma gem, so I'm now immune to a Fluvia buildup, which might only be useful against Val Hazak. But it might also work on the effluvia in the Rotten Vale. So I might not have to sacrifice armor as just gem slots. Because yeah, if that's the case and I can and you can do that, I might have to just turn my sunglasses into effluvia and build up <laughs> stuff. I was going to point out that the Val Hazak sounds like a Batman assassin. He's one of the three Elder Dragons that you fight after you get to the end game. Slight spoiler. So you'll probably get there sometime May, next May 2019, year. yeah. Nah, probably late 2019 at the rate you're going. Yeah, I'll have some time off over December, I'm sure, that I will use to probably play not this game. Probably. Yeah. I Actually, that's Smash will be out, so yeah, sorry guys, I'm just going to be gone for a month. Look, I'll be with you though, so it'll be fine. <laughs> hey, I also have a Switch. I have Stardew Valley on the Switch. I kind of have two Switches. Oh, yep, <laughs> temporarily. Hey, I will probably not be caring about that, so I will just continue getting farther and farther ahead of you in Monster Hunter. Also, I should uh, mention for Jeremy's benefit, I did pre-order Let's Go, finally. I chose EV because clearly... I wasn't going to pre-order. I was just going to download Day Of, but I should probably. It'll save me no money, but some time in the future. Oh, no. It's up to you. It's mostly like Alex expressed interest in playing it with me, so I decided that I should just get it. You'd mentioned you were committing to that one for Alex-related reasons. (laughs) Well, now I have, for reals. Anything else, Zach? I haven't really been playing anything other than those, so what have you been up to, Jeremy? I have the only game I want to play is Monster Hunter World, please help. So, (laughs) I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World. Not as much as Zach, but a lot of Monster Hunter World. I bought the new Spider-Man game and watched it download. I was almost (laughs) playing something that was not Monster Hunter World. 
But also, the reason we have Kevin on today is that he and I are launching our own Splinter podcast away from you guys. I want to point out that when Jeremy pitched this to me, he's like, hey, we're podcast polyamorous, right? My exact words were like, we're in a polyamorous podcasting relationship, right? Tyler was confused and his wife is like, he wants to do a podcast with someone. I'm like, I thought that's what he was asking, but I was very confused. I found out about the whole project thing and tangentially and very confused. It's Project Secret Project. Yes. Yeah, which was why we told you to uh, mute the channel so that I you, did. Yeah, because it was like this is going to be going off, and you're not going to be interested in any of this. Well, except I'm, for that sweet, sweet art that the listeners will already be able to see when they hear this at lastpodcast.com. I was interested in the project, but I didn't know what it was, and no one would explain to me what was going on for like the first like three hours that chat forum was there. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to see what you could pick up from context. You failed, by the way. I'm sorry. I did what I always do when, I'm, when someone expects me to get anything from context. Didn't. Don't. <laughs> I asked somebody else about it specifically. So it's a manga podcast. Every week we're going to read the current issue of Shonen Jump as well as another volume of manga. We're starting with Dragon Ball by Akira Toriyama, and that will be available on Saturday when you're listening to this, right, Kevin? Yep. I feel like I've been doing all the talking, but I also feel that way when we do that podcast. Um, you should also, I think, mention the theme that you're going to go with for the first couple months. Oh, yeah. We're going to do all Shonen stuff for the first month, but we're going to definitely branch out after that. We have some shoujo stuff already picked out for the month after. When it's by decade, right? You're doing it 80s, 90s, aughts. I don't want to commit to that because it's really hard to find okay. shoujo manga from the 80s that's relevant and still in print. So at least the first month will be by decade. Probably the second one, too. I have some 80s stuff picked out, but the 80s shoujo manga I picked, the first volume is out of print, and it would cost less to buy a box set than to get a copy of the first volume. And I don't know that there's anywhere online that has would it available. cost you an arm and I, a leg? I don't think I could find because it was right? Yeah. I don't think I was able to find an official version of anywhere. Maybe some like fan translations, but that's not going to work too well. So you guys aren't going to do any kind of like fan translations of stuff to save a penny or something? I'm going to try not to. I really want to read Aim for the Ace now that I know it's a thing, and that's never been officially localized. What? What is, is that? that? Is that a tennis manga? It's, yes, it's a 70s okay. shoujo tennis manga that's credited with inventing t uh, tennis manga. I, when I was trying to find out if it was in English, I used the dreaded Google Shop tab, <laughs> and it didn't pop up. What did pop up was a shirt that had three checkboxes that said single, inner relationship, too busy reading Aim for the Ace. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awfully specific. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yes, right. but it had three different shirts. I think they were just different colors with that design. But yeah, a lot of the older manga didn't get localized, so it's very hard to find official versions. That's why I was curious, because a lot of the fan translations often will translate things differently. Yeah, Jeremy's trying to get a physical copy of every single one of these manga. I'm going to go digital. Jer Jeremy yeah. got a manga shelf for a mysterious means, so <laughs> he needs to fill that up. Spoilers, he already has. It only took four box sets. And I, was, I thought I was the guy who really, really liked physical media. So what's your motivation for doing that as opposed to just like reading it with a Crunchyroll subscription or something? I actually explained that on the Zero episode that we already have up on the website. Oh, excellent. I guess I'll just go listen to that then. I don't know that I recommend it. We basically just said what we just said here. It only it takes us 30 minutes. <laughs> you we can talk read a little bit. manga on Crunchyroll? Yeah. yeah. If you're a member, they have manga. They don't have anything you want to read, but they do have manga. They have Seven Deadly Sins. Which I've okay, heard is pretty good. That might be interesting. Of course, the big one's Berserk, but that's... That's not on there. Of course um, it's not, because Berserk is one of those manga that's like, yes, it's really, really good. And no, you can't find it. <laughs> no, yeah. you're not allowed to read it. <laughs> also, reading them on Crunchyroll, they're done by chapters there, while we'll be reading the volumes. So we'd have to figure out which chapters were in the volume, where it's just easier to... Oh, that would be kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, it's I suspect that... It it's almost always temper volume. I also that suspect that's sense. available on Wikipedia pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, but that's a little bit of extra research that you wouldn't have to otherwise. And it's not always 10, because I know a bunch that are like 6, gotcha, maybe even 5. So that will be available Saturday. Are we going to put that in this feed? I wasn't planning on it. The first um, episode, like we did with Gundam. It feels weird to do it when we just launched Gundam. I see no reason not to. I mean, this is kind of an advertisement. Okay. It seems more appropriate to put it in the Gundam feed, honestly. We can put it in both. <laughs> so yeah, yep. that will be available Saturday, and if you want to keep listening, lastpodcast.com is our website. You can see the rad art we made for that podcast, and by made, I mean I paid someone else to make because I have no art skill. It's weird. Everybody I know has like very little to no art skill. Most people don't have any art skill. 
Well, I have a guy for everything else, but I don't have an art guy. That's because art guys have so many leech friends trying to get them to make comics for them that they become shut-ins and hate are filled with hatred yeah i actually tried to commission my sister to do stuff at one point and she was like nah i'm not gonna take any money for it i'm like yeah i need to give you money or you're not gonna do it and she's like nah it's fine and then she didn't do it that is the story with art people that you know in real life is they will not do things for you unless it's like a random birthday present or something because they don't want to take your money because they're your friend but then they just won't do it. They're that better sounds... for asking like art questions like, hey, what do you think of this color palette that I picked for this thing? Like I yeah. do a lot of miniatures painting. That's my point, is I don't have a I don't have a guy for that. Yeah. I have a guy for everything else. Yep. Even though I wouldn't really need one because I don't do a lot of artwork, because I think Jeremy's probably more artistically talented than I am. Uh, and you that's haven't seen saying me draw. something. You haven't seen me draw. Neither of you have seen me draw. I'm actually pretty decent at it. Neither uh, of you have seen my drawing room. That's I've not, seen your wife draw. It's pretty good. Yeah, she's actually pretty good. Be- beating us is not a really going to be a high bar to jump. Yeah, I just wanted to jump it anyway. So speaking of having a guy, Tyler is my IT guy. So Tyler, what have you been playing? Mostly Enter the Gungeon. I did get around to playing a little bit of Monster Hunter World. So a fun thing that I found in Enter the Gungeon, I, was, I meant to send this picture, but then I forgot and I haven't used my desktop for a while. There are Payday 2 items available in Enter the Gungeon. The first time you encounter them, you can only acquire them by stealing which means you have to have a stealth item and there's only like five in the game. So you have to have the lucky combination of it popping up in the shop while also having a stealth item. If you do, every time you acquire one of three of them, I believe it is uh, Dallas's mask, a loot bag, and a drill. I think those are the things. You get additional shadow members of the original four payday crew who follow you around and shoot stuff and do various things. So chains will fire a shotgun, which is ridiculously effective. Wolf will, like, go up and, like, stun people using the ECM jammer. And Hoxton, like, shanks people, I guess? I'm not entirely sure what he does. He fires, like, mini blanks, which are, like, bullet-erasing blasts. This sounds awesome. No, it's amazing. (laughs) The drill is the most useless one in there, though. You know what's really funny? Um, So you can use it to guaranteed open any chest. What you do is you go stick the drill on it instead of having to use a key, and suddenly you get transported to a room that, like, zooms out, and then a bunch of enemies spawn in, and then you have to, like, fight off the enemies while fixing the drill until it finally opens the chest. So you play Payday? Yeah, you play Payday inside of Enter the Gungeon in order to open chests with the drill. So you're saying theming, 10 out of 10. I saw someone say Enter the Gungeon is a game built entirely out of references and memes, and they're not wrong, but also it's a solid game in addition to that. Do we have to address the Bowsette meme on this podcast? Um, I feel like that's a next episode thing. Okay. I'm not surprised that Zach doesn't know what this is. Of course Zach doesn't know what this is. It's weird, I'll tell you that. Uh, There's also- Spoilers for next episode. Bouette is surprisingly like the second most popular character? This makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) What? Oh, don't worry. We'll (laughs) We'll get there. I mean, we can mention this this now. No, this is a nice teaser for next episode. Exactly. Are you as hype as I am for Devil May Cry 5 after seeing that trailer? Yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. They picked a very good song for that trailer, and by picked, I mean made. I'm trying to think of the thing that I said. Oh, okay. So I mentioned, I warned, I, I prophesied earlier that there was something that we had to talk about yes. at this point. See, my guess was, uh, like I said, Bowsette. But it's no, not that. That, was, it, that was not that. What it was instead was, do you know that they're doing Space Jam 2? Or is LeBron James the star? He is in it, I think. And also Michael Jordan again for some reason. Because Michael Jordan needs to make some money. Not Bill Murray, though. There's no Bill Murray. That is unsurprising. They're also making Zombieland, too, speaking of Bill Murray. Oh, that might actually they're, be good. They're doing a, quite a few of the sequels that are, like, years behind at this point. I, they're running out of ideas. Do I've wanted, kids know who Bugs Bunny is at this point? No. They he had a sitcom in the late 2010s, so I think they might. They do not. And you know what? I think that's fine. I think Do they know who Michael on. Jordan is? Yeah. Also, yeah. That's also a good question. <laughs> also, a, no. Basketball fans might probably know who he is. He was a big deal in basketball. Yeah, but kids don't watch basketball. Some of them probably do. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> Space Jam 2. I've honestly wanted Space Jam 2 with LeBron James for a very long time, just because it will be bad. I think I saw a te- I think I saw like a teaser image of it where it was like a locker room and it had Bunny... And then James right next to each other. I, that seems fan-made to me. That doesn't mean it is. It might be. It might. I, I don't know. I haven't exactly gone out and done research as to whether or not Space Jam 2 was a thing. I don't know. Well, when we transition to Kevin, I'll, I'll make sure. I will verify whether or not LeBron James and his strawberry lemonade bubblegum 
brand are in the movie. The real question is, will they make an even sexier bunny? For Space Jam 2. <laughs> well, I mean, just we, bring Lola Bunny back. I mean, we do live in an age of furries. Like, you know the person who designed Lola Bunny? Just, like, they have to know that they're responsible for a lot now. Have you seen Jim Carrey in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? No. I What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> he's playing Dr. Eggman. There's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Oh, that's being made currently? Okay, I thought yes. you meant there was oh, an old movie no. okay. with Jim Carrey in it. Okay, that makes Is me it coming out on Netflix? Stupid. That sounds really dumb, though. It does sound really dumb. <laughs> Because that, that's a meme right now, is that all these uh, like anime are getting Netflix adaptations. And I know this isn't an anime, but I just feel like Netflix is funding all of these crazy video ideas. This is Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I wears the red. It's just like he's, he's just, just an old guy in a suit. He's your homeless grandpa. Maybe that's early. Maybe that's before. No, no, no. His suit's, his suit's too nice. Yeah. Well, he's recently homeless. He's your recently homeless grandpa. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Man, that just sounds like a bad idea. Uh, it mostly just sounds 20 years too late to be relevant to anyone. Look, they can't make a good video game. They figured they'd try another medium. Yeah, well, I mean, they made a really, really bad video game, so maybe they'll make a really good movie to balance it out. I mean, to be fair, you never know. Shadow the Hedgehog, the movie, would have been an excellent, like, it would have sold very well in the tr- early 2000s. I'm not saying it would have been good. It would have been very much a product for the time. You're right. A Vegeta standalone movie sounds great. Exactly. (laughs) Only, what if Vegeta had guns? (laughs) Hey, have you seen Vegeta's guns? Oh, hey, speaking of, uh, Team Four Star finally put out the final episode of DBZ Abridged. Uh, They said they're going to do more. Oh, really? The end of that episode says we will return in season four. Oh. And they've said they're working on the BoJack movie. Oh, okay. Well, that's exciting. (laughs) They're calling each saga a season, so Boo Saga would be. I saw them start, like, scrolling credits. I'm like, well... They do that at the end of every season. Oh, I'd never noticed that before. Yep. Well, fine. They are not done forever then. That's exciting. Yeah. They've said that it's going to be shorter, but they want to do it like they did with the last episode where they have like an episode every week for like three weeks and then they vanish off the face of the earth for a year. Well, I mean, they're doing a lot more other stuff now, so it makes sense. We shall return to our slumber. They're doing a hand animated, well, not hand animated, but they're doing like their team animated original series now. I saw it. Yeah, I did not not watch it. It It wasn't good. It was weird. I know, like I didn't, I'm a Patreon, so I got access to the uncensored version, which I barely noticed the difference. It's probably one of those situations where this specific brand of humor works really well when they're playing off of something else with all the tropes that already exist but doesn't work so well on its own. You know, I watched their FF7 Machinima, and I wasn't a big fan of that either. I know, I like their Let's Plays a lot, though. Yeah, I do like, but then they also have something to play off of there. But I guess that in Final true. Fantasy VII approach, they do too. I don't know, I, th- I think it just varies. I and agree. they've only done one episode. I'm going to give it a couple before I give it a total review, because it was kind of a short episode. And always fair to give them at least, I, I say at least three to form a full opinion. Cause sometimes the way a lot of shows work, the first episode may not actually tell you everything. That's well, going and that, on. that was what was weird. This felt like a middle of the season episode. Like it was like episodic in nature. And it was almost like, yeah, you know what's going on, right? No, 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 I don't. I don't know who any of these people are. I was like, wait, this one's a woman about halfway through. I was totally that way too. It was like, mom, I was like, so who's your mom? Wait, no, that's your grandpa, right? That, there's no way that's your mom. She's just been chain smoking for 50 years. <laughs> the reason I brought up Team Four Star accidentally at all is Google will like suggest random things to me, largely based on my search history, obviously, because ninety percent of it is Dragon Ball Super or Enter the Gungeon related things. Because I often go, I want to go to the Enter the Gungeon wiki. I can never remember the URL, so I just search for that, and it's like, here you go. So I click on it, and so it's like, oh, you want to see more Enter the Gungeon, don't you? I'm like, well, I guess you're not wrong. Anyway, for some reason, it thinks I really want to know about Dragon Ball Super still, even though I haven't watched an episode in forever or searched for it in forever. And something that popped up today was the latest episode of Dragon Ball Super reveals the true genius of Vegeta. I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'm not sure if I really want to read that. But Was that the episode where he became Super Saiyan additionally blue? <laughs> Super Saiyan more blue? Super Saiyan more blue. No, I think Super it's a recent S- thing. Oh, I think it's oh, Super Saiyan blue evolution. It is. I can't remember that band's name. I had a really good joke. Which band? Uh, I'm blue, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Eiffel 65. Yeah, Super Saiyan Eiffel 65. There you go. I really like Team Four Stars. Uh, They have like a compilation of their Dragon Ball Super things where it's like those are clips. Yeah, and the the one where Vegeta's like, I spent forever trying to get Super Saiyan Blue and you just dye your hair. (laughs) That was really good. 
My favorite, I think, of those is where uh, Goku is arguing about pineapple on pizza with Beerus. Yes. And he gets... Like, <laughs> I now believe Zamasu did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Tyler? Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of that was not really video games. <laughs> a lot of what we do is not video games, and somehow and still gets onto stuff. this podcast. That is true. That's because that's the sometimes the other thing, Zach. That's why I, that's why I put that in the tagline, to cover our asses that's if basically we every, topic. That's basically every podcast I listen to. It's <laughs> like mostly related materials, sometimes some other stuff, and other stuff, and it's like it's mostly the other stuff. Yeah, uh, it's always at least 10 minutes of wrestling on any podcast, as far as I can tell. <laughs> at least one joke about Roman Reigns. I listen to a podcast called Spirits, where it's two folklorists talking about, like, spirits in mythology while also being drunk, and it's fantastic. That just sounds like drunk history. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like drunk history, but instead of history, it's specifically folk tales. I can't remember what cool. it's called, but uh, Dinosaur Comics Guy was on a drunk history but Star Trek episodes, so I watched all of those, and they were not as good as I wanted, but pretty okay. Speaking of the guy who does Dinosaur Comics, Ryan North, yes, the Time Traveler's Guide to Reinventing Everything is coming to my house at a house near me next week. Which exciting. is exciting. Anyway, Kevin, what have you been up to? Because I have not been playing video games. Theoretically, you have. Yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World like the rest of them. Or the rest of us, I should say. Ed, you can replace Tyler if you get here. Me and Kevin are like hunting partners. We're almost always doing a lot of the hunts together. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier when it's like I can bring something like the Lance, which has low damage output, but really high defense. And I actually really like it for solo play. It just takes way longer. And then Zach brings something like the glaive, or we both bring glaives. And as long as we're in the air, we can't hit each other and interrupt each other's attacks. So we end up usually like just flying around the monster, <laughs> being the most annoying gnats ever. So it's like actually you're kung fu fighting dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes like it's actually kind of in entertaining when both of our characters land right next to each other because we're both using the same armor. So it's like a pair of twins just landing right next to each other as soon as we finish doing whatever it is we're doing. Yeah, I'm purple and he's pink. Yeah, For high rank, you can it. colorize your high rank ones. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. So yeah, I've been doing that. I finally finished, I say finally finished, a game called, I think it's Abzu, A-B-Z-U. It's okay. a, not a zoo where you put all the people with abs in it and then you're the strongest looking guy. I've so heard of that. you get all the girls. No, it's an exploration game that's really pretty. Like, it focused more on, uh, so it's like deep sea exploration. It's got this weird storyline going on. Uh, there's no text or speech at all. So all the storyline is found of, like, there's, like, hieroglyphics in some of the places that you go. And it's just, like, wandering around figuring out what happened. It's also got a meditation mode where you can follow some of the fish that are in these locales, and literally just the camera, like, focuses on the fish, and you just follow it around. Huh. This sounds like a game made for people like me. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. It, this sounds like a game that I would never, ever want to touch. Yeah, it didn't take too long to beat, and it's just kind of like, oh, you're exploring around these, like, underwater locales. There's very simple puzzles to solve. So how do you beat it? You just go all the places? No, there's like a linear progression. There's a story going on. So it's like you start off in this one area, you explore it, you move farther, and there's like this great white shark, and you're like running away slash following it. It's really weird. The promo art for it makes it look like a really chill Subnautica. It's literally just kind of swimming around in the sea. You're, you seem to be like restoring the ecosystem. It sounds different not interesting to me but definitely i can see the like why somebody might want to play it especially if they're with that meditation mode if it looks as good as you're saying it does it sounds like a game that you could really just zen out and play some without having to worry about it how bad are the challenges very easy some of the later challenges involve semi-precision swimming but most of it's it's really simple it's just kind of like it's like an interactive movie kind of thing of you're like going along for the experience it's not about the challenges it's about getting through figuring out the story it never puzzles too hard no the puzzles aren't very difficult it was kind of similar to a game i played air aer memories of old i've encountered this i haven't played it yet it only takes a couple hours to beat. It's not even that big of a time sink. It wasn't that expensive either. You're like a bird shifter, so you can turn into a bird, and you're flying around these, like, sky islands, figuring out the history of why there are sky islands. Are those that sounds ones... way up my alley. <laughs> it was really good. where they're billing them as experiences over game? I don't like, know. Like, Steam puts a tag walking simulator. 
on a lot of games like that. Yeah, yeah. this one, these aren't walking simulators because there are like no, movement it's a controls. Simulator, but and they a call flying them simulator. They don't call them swimming and flying simulators. They call them something like exploration games or something like that, where it's like the whole point of the game is wandering around looking at stuff. The most gameplay part of Abzu is you get like taken in this underwater current and there are these schools of fish. And if you swim through the school of fish, it lights up. And I think there's an achievement for getting all of the school of fish through a playthrough. So it's like that's probably the most gameplay part of the entire thing is like making sure that you hit all these school of fish as you're like going through this twisting current yeah for some reason at one point steam seemed to think i was interested in that it's like hey look at this game and i'm like i did stop telling me about it i mean maybe I don't because, care maybe because both tyler and i probably have a couple of those on our wish list so it's like some of your friends are playing these games maybe you would like them too yeah the only tags steam put on this game are relaxing and atmospheric it was a really fun experience. It turns out there's a speed run of it, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> there's a speed run for pretty much purpose. everything. It does, but I thought it was funny, and the speed run only takes like 25 minutes. Anything else, Kevin? No, it's really just been a lot of Monster Hunter, and then, like I said, I played through that Abzu game, which only took a couple hours. Well, that brings us to our assignment. The second best game that I know of on the Game Boy that has a yellow cartridge, Donkey Kong Land. Did this have a yellow cartridge? Yes. It did, yes. Yeah, this was the start of the yellow cartridges, I think. Was Pokemon Yellow out first or not? No, no. this would have been, this w greatly predates Pokemon Yellow. This predates Pokemon Red and Blue. I believe this predates Pokemon Red and Green. So Donkey Kong Land is, you want some Donkey Kong Country, but you also have a road trip? Boy, do I have a game for you. It's kind of a technical marvel how well they made Donkey Kong Country work on a Game Boy. It's it, amazing. Black or green and black, I guess. It looks really good. Yeah, my first reaction when I booted up this game was, <laughs> they did it. <laughs> my initial thought was, oh, wow. They, Am I sure this is the right one? I mean, it's green and black, sure, but there's no way this went on a Game Boy. Yeah, you know? the graphics are... So, oh no, they're amazing. The sound is actually pretty good. I don't think the graphics are good, but we'll get to that in a little okay, bit. Okay, let Certainly, me rephrase that. They it, are the most impressive thing I've seen on Xbox. Yes. Short of Pokemon. It's a marvel that works at all. And it's only because of Dead Wizard Sakurai that <laughs> that game doesn't fall apart the moment you put it in your Game Boy cartridge. But this is a close second. Oh no, it's a technical marvel. Um that's literally what I wrote on our show note outline. Yeah, that that is the praise I can give this game. The problem <laughs> yep. sets in as soon as that's over, and you're going through the first level of Donkey Kong Country, which is, again, impressive in its own right. But then all the Game Boy problems start to set in. You're super zoomed in on the screen, so it's really hard to like even see the end of pits. You can jump further than you can see on the screen, which means you frequently find pits that extend. And for all you know... Their leap of faith bits. I never found any of those, and I never like distrusted any of them. But it's weird and jarring that you have to make these, I guess, literal leaps of faith, even though there's always someone there to catch you. They're close enough to being full leaps of faith that it can be frustrating because you don't know where the ledge is. Well, and there's also the one where you have to bounce off an enemy to get over it, and if your timing is very weird when you run into it at first, you'd be like, oh, I just jump over this pit. Oh, oh I was supposed to jump off that guy. That Whoops. happened to me in the original Donkey yeah. Kong Country sometimes, to be fair. Also, because the backgrounds are so detailed and beautiful, it's really hard to read the enemies when they're coming at you, especially when they pop in right off screen, and since your screen is small, that's happening all the time. Yeah, It's a lot easier with the detailed background of Donkey Kong Country because you also have the colors for them to... To exactly. uh, pop off against. But here, because you have such a detailed background, and then the enemies are also detailed, which would be fine if the background didn't have all the detail. They kind of blend in. It is genuinely amazing that they managed to do this, but I also think they shouldn't have. They should have at least Fair. tamped back on the background, so it would make the enemies pop a little bit. Sacrifice the look for game. Just having the models, even if the backgrounds looked, like, terrible, would still be very impressive. And then the enemies would read really, really well because they're popping out from this 2D background. One of the other concessions that they had to make for the technicality is you still have your the same kind of HP bar. You've got Diddy slash Donkey Kongs in this game. But because of the size of the cart, you only get one on screen at a time. Yep. So, so sometimes I found myself forgetting whether or not I had two hits. 
So sometimes, like, especially if you don't, you could take risks that you would not take if you knew you only had one hit. Yeah. Which is maybe a good and a bad thing. I don't know. They don't really do anything to reward that sort of behavior, so I'm going to say it's a bad thing. The thing is, like, when Mario moved on to there with the land, you still had the size thing, so it was a lot easier to tell whether or not you were one hit away from being dead or not. Here, it's just... I don't know how much each... It's basically an invisible HP bar. And they could have solved that with an icon, right? If you have the other character, an icon lights up. Yep. In all honesty, there's that row of hearts at the bottom. That's your lives. I was, I, yeah, it's your lives. I thought it was... Uh, <laughs> your hits, because it's hearts. An HP bar, yeah, because it's, it's hearts. <laughs> I just imagine someone who's only played Castlevania playing this game be like, Oh, man, I have so much ammo. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw my small monkey everywhere. I bet he, sh- he goes like a cross. A fun thing I found is, even if you have both characters, a lot of the zingers, the uh, bee monsters, will actually kill you right out, regardless of whether or not you have both Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I never found that except for when they were over pits and you'd then fall into the pit. No, even especially in later levels, um, there was like one rope climbing level. It's like a documented bug in the game that they never fixed. I mean, yeah. you don't exactly patch a Game Boy game. That is true. No, they knew about it before they shipped it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they just didn't fix it. Huh. Interesting, because that's a pretty significant bug. It's not that bad. It's a pretty significant bee. Other than all these setbacks, <laughs> it's pretty much Donkey Kong Country. You get the animal companions, you collect bananas and balloons and the letters of Donkey Kong, and your Unkunky's coins, and the stamps for your mom, and <laughs> Pokemon cur- trading cards, even though they're not out. And they all give you more and more extra lives, which is nice since the game has so much trial and error gameplay. They do at least make that up to you a little bit by giving you so many lives. Although there is actually one mechanical collectible. Yes, there is. The letters of Kong in this are how you save. If you find all four, you get to save when you beat the level. If you don't, you don't. (laughs) God, that is such a bad... Like I thought the Resident Evil one was the worst, where you actually only had a limited number of saves. But this actually forcing you to find them, especially in a mobile game where you are like trying... You're taking this you with you. You should be able to turn it off at any t- given time, right? And yeah. Take back up. Is that after every level or is it every world? It's where every level. Can, every can level. you save after every world, though? I don't know. I can't remember. Because if you could save after every world, even if you didn't find all the letters of Kong, that would well, make Well, you would have to because sense. each world ends with a boss, right? So. But it wouldn't necessarily mean you could. Yeah, no, I suspect it does, though, because the original worked that way, too, because there are save points, but also every time you beat the boss, it saved automatically. I actually like this system a little more than Donkey Kong Country save points, because once you master a level, you never have to go back to it. And that's the thing I miss about the old style games that made you restart from the start. Losing the progress is frustrating and wouldn't work in a modern game. But I do love getting so good at those first levels that you can do them while, like, eating a snack with the <laughs> controller between your feet. Like, well, it's satisfying, right? Yeah. yeah. It's fun to run Mario 1-1 as a little warm-up before you get to the real levels. One thing to jump a little bit backwards with the extra lives thing. You are limited to the number of hearts that fit on the screen. And if you collect more, they don't count. I, think I, I kind of find that brilliant. That's dumb. But I also I mean, kind of find it brilliant. kind of amusing, but that's also just kind of a hole instead of just giving you a, a number counter instead yep. of actually, oh no, if it doesn't, it's one of those, if it's not on the screen, it doesn't exist type of situations, so, which is kind of annoying as a player. So speaking of something kind of dumb, kind of funny, and kind of brilliant, I want to tell you guys the official canonical story of this game. It's oh, amazing. Please, storyteller, <laughs> you have the floor. So, the story of this game is several weeks after the events of Donkey Kong Country, Cranky, being Cranky, comes up to Donkey's house and says, I bet the only reason you succeeded is because your graphics were so good in the first game. I bet, I bet you could not do that again in an 8-bit game where the color was less defined and where your controls weren't as tight. And Donkey Kong, being Donkey Kong, is like, you're on, old man. So, Cranky pulls out a cell phone, like a 1980s style cell phone. This is all in the instruction booklet. Dials up King K. Rule, says, Hey, here are all these bananas. Please steal them and scatter them all over the island. <laughs> this is the best plot? <laughs> what? Like, I can't tell if it's extremely lazy writing on Rare's part or if it's actually no, just a genius. It's both. very good. <laughs> it's lazy. It's both. So, yes, that is the amazing plot for this game, is Cranky's an asshole. Imagine the existential crisis of knowing your video game character, like it's alluded to very often in these games. They don't seem to mind. They don't seem to mind. Yeah, that is true. Well, I mean, what do they have to worry about? They know they can never actually die, even if they run out of lives. Yeah. On the other hand, their fate is in the hands of the player. 
Yeah, but they don't actually have any consequences. Well, yeah, but what if the player gets bored and then turns off the game forever? Or what if your CMOS battery runs out on the cartridge? I mean, everyone dies. Yeah, exactly. Everyone dies in that case. No, I mean, everyone dies eventually anyway. They're uh, just no wh- different. They oh, just have okay. a, they're like still better lifetime than most dogs. Congratulations, yeah. video game characters. You live longer than most dogs. <laughs> well, and like most of those characters get sequels, so they probably like expand their consciousnesses oh, is that into like the, the new thing sequel? about when you go to sleep is really you that wakes up or are you murdered and a new you wakes up with your old memories yeah listen just... philosophy gets weird let's just not get into it <laughs> but... i want the ship of k rule it's like the ship of theseus but a lot more bananas do we have any final thoughts on this game i mean i think we got it out it's a technical marvel you should like look at it and be like wow they made this on game boy but it doesn't play very well. And I'm dreading Donkey Kong Land 2 and Donkey Kong Land 3 in our future. We, yeah, if, we don't have to, Jeremy. We, we can... do. I'm an OCDist. <laughs> if you want to play a game like this, play Donkey Kong Country. And, like, they're basically... Or even they, better, Donkey Kong Country 2. Which... At least to me, they felt kind of the same. But This one's much worse. The controls yeah. feel a little bit more squidgy than in Country. Which is saying yeah. something because I already felt they... We're kind of squidgy in country. They feel different. Like, even though it, according to the story, it's basically a port to the Game Boy, it feels like the controls change up just enough to be like, oh, I can't immediately go from country into this. And, you know, oh, my jump's a little different. My roll's a little different. Even with a small screen change, it just makes it feel even more yeah, and weird. I didn't think they had enough build up to the ice level. They went from normal level to ice level immediately, which is like, at least give me a little bit more time to get used to your controls before you throw the ice level at me, okay? And there's yep. clearly snow on the ground, which is nice, but without colors, it's a little hard to read ice level. The only reason why I knew it was ice level is because you slide all over the place. All right, so speaking of sliding all over the place, we have a list on our website, lastpodcast.com, where you can slide over all the games we played from best to worst. The top of the slide is Chrono Trigger, telling you it's going to be great. The bottom of the slide is City City Connection, where you throw up and disgust. The middle of the slide is Blades of Steel, where you're really starting to gain speed. It's going all right. And then you get in a fight. Also, oh, okay. So I thought you were going for a roller coaster tycoon thing, uh, where you're just like, it's a sliding scale of entertainment. I was going to say. It's Roller Coaster Tycoon on our list. uh, Very high. high. It's It's a a pretty good game. Yeah. Roller Coaster Tycoon is at number 34, above Age of Empires 2 and below Paper Mario. Yep, no, I agree with that position. Yeah. At least I agree with that. those two relative comparisons. I think I like it more than Paper Mario, but that's just because I'm not a big fan of Paper Mario. All right, so we're going to start at Donkey Kong Country because we all agree it's worse, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. When I started playing this, I wanted to put it right below Donkey Kong Country, but I'm going to go down uh, the Game Boy games we've played, and I think it's not going to fare well against the competition. Next is Metroid 2, The Return of Samus. That's a much more inventive game that's in- weirdly important to the Metroid canon. It's not a port, which... While this one is particularly impressive for its graphical fidelity and whatnot in this, especially for the time frame, it doesn't really do anything new. Whereas Metroid 2, which is a game I really didn't get a whole lot of playtime out of, it at least is doing more and expanding more on at least the Metroid canon. My argument was actually going to be that Donkey Kong Country is a port of a not great game. Donkey <laughs> so. Kong Land, you mean? Well, either way, either way. It's, it's interchangeable. So Donkey ne- Kong region of... Landmass. So next is Super Mario Land 2, and that's another game I think it's worse than. Even though Super Mario Land 2 isn't my favorite, it plays a lot better on the Game Boy. I'm actually kind of split on this one. I like Donkey Kong Country, I think, the most of us, so I'm, I'm about 50-50. I think so. Donkey Kong Country is probably a bit better than Super Mario Land 2, because that's the one where Wario shows up and steals Mario's castle, right? So the group is now 50-50, so... <laughs> yeah, because that one, if I remember right, that one had a lot of really barren-looking levels. Super Mario Land? Oh, no, isn't that the one that had, like, the sweet Mario Super, robot? No, and... Super Mario Land 2. Yeah, yeah no, that's the one that's I'm one talking about. That's what you're thinking of. Super Mario Land is the one where Mario's really tiny and everything's kind of yeah, the no. same. There's some Egypt levels. Super Mario Land 2's got a lot going on, visually speaking. Well, it just felt like there was very few, like, actual enemies and stuff in that game, if I remember right. It's also been a while since we played that one. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about specifically even just the giant Mario robot, I think I'm actually going to have to give it to Mario Land. It's way more inventive. <laughs> oh, so you flipped. Well, I was I was fifty fifty. Oh, you were okay. Yeah, no, that's what I said. I was on the fence about it. I was leaning slightly Donkey Kongward. All right, so next up we have Donkey Kong for Game Boy, the game that starts out as Donkey Kong but then becomes a puzzle game, um, and that's another game I think is more inventive than this. Yeah, also Donkey Kong's a good game. I think it, I think it's a better game than this even. Yeah, because um, I was actually there for that podcast. Were you? Mm-hmm. I don't remember which ones you're on. 
Yeah, well, maybe, well, actually, I was going to say, maybe we need to tag them, but I do. Like, every episode that Kevin's on is tagged, you can click his name, and it will say, here are the episodes with Kevin, if you just want to hear Kevin's sweet voice. There's a remarkable amount of them it is that a are right voice. next to uh, long-term assignments. Yeah, weird. Plan it that way. Weird. I do not tag long-term assignments, actually. Maybe I should have. I don't even think we mentioned that they are long-term assignments. No, we don't. I don't think, yeah. All right, so next on the list going down is Mega Man 2. Now, these are comparable, and they're both kind of Game Boy ports of their respective franchises, but um, I definitely prefer a Mega Man game to a Donkey Kong game any day of the week, any time of the hour, any time of the hour, going with it. Uh, Mega, Mega Man, Man 2 technically for works. Game Boy, On every time. specifically. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you didn't actually yeah, it's specify Mega Man 2 that. Roman numerals. Oh Well, I did say I was going down Game Boy games, but yes, you're right. I didn't specify here. So yeah, I'd give it to Mega Man, although we're getting way more into the territory that I think it belongs. On the other hand, it's way more technically impressive than Mega Man. Oh, yes. That is true. Um, but I will give gameplay over technical Yeah, no, that has generally been the way that we lean. I mean, the gameplay isn't bad, but I think I agree that's, Mega Man's gameplay is better. Yeah, that's how I always lean, is gameplay over graphics. So Unless are, the graphics are the gameplay. That was literally the game, Abzu, the game that I was yeah, playing, I was where it's all about the graphics. And it's like, the gameplay's still solid, but there's next to none of it. That sounds way too boring. I'd probably go for gameplay, like I said. So Mega Man 2? Yeah. Mega Man's. So next up we have Kirby's Dreamland, the introduction Kirby. of Kirby. <laughs> I actually agree. I was going to make a discussion about it at least because Kirby doesn't have his cool power up here and the gameplay is kind of boring, but it's, I think, better than this. Uh, so okay. well, It takes better advantage of the contrast that it has available to it. You can tell what everything is. So continuing down, next we have Pokemon Trading Card oh, Game. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh. I have... I have very strong feelings about this, and they're mostly, I really like the Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy way more than any one human should. <laughs> I, I like the Pokemon We were remarkably restrained, game. I think, when we ranked Pokemon trading card game. Well, no, I'm not, I don't think it's a good game, by any means. <laughs> it's a coin flip game. I like Pokemon more than I like Donkey Kong, I so have do to I. say. So I'd probably give it to Pokemon, but I don't necessarily think... I think the good feels outweigh the good graphics, right? Yeah. So next up, we have Alleyway for Game Boy, which I think is finally where Donkey Kong gets to have his day. Alleyway is... The breakout. I know what it is. It's fine. It's functional, but it gets old real quick. To be honest, I had more fun with Alleyway than I did with Donkey Kong Land, but I do think the technical marvel that it is is... This is where it gets its points and puts it over. I was actually going to say a point in favor of Alleyway is that it's maybe a better mobile game but i i think i agree donkey Kong land is the winner in the game fight so the midpoint between pokemon trading card game and alleyway is zelda 2 the adventure of link oh that's actually a that's a good choice oh it's way worse than that yeah i agree <laughs> i like that as a comparison point but there's not much to say zelda 2 is a better game yep. i did not like either one I mean, neither is a great game. A statement I can probably make about most of the <laughs> games on the podcast. And just a little bit below it is ActRaiser. I think we're in agreement that it's not as good as ActRaiser. I, I definitely think so. Dragon Quest? I actually feel like there's some comparison to be made there. I don't think it's as influent. Like, Dragon Quest is on the spot on the list it is because of its influence. I would rather play Dragon Quest in addition to it being more influential. I, that's and actually weirdly, <laughs> I think it looks way better because Akira Toriyama can draw. <laughs> Donkey Check Kong. out our manga podcast. <laughs> Donkey Kong Land looks pretty good, but I think I agree. I would actually, bizarrely, prefer to play Dragon Quest, although I have really been in an RPG mood lately, so that might be unduly influencing my opinion. So another game that Donkey Kong is in is Mario Kart 64. <laughs> that got you? Yeah. That got you. No, no, because we're like, oh yeah, this game's similar. Oh, another game Donkey Kong is in, physically. <laughs> All right, you made Tyler laugh. Congratulations. I it's mean, a high I bar. Podcast now complete. So another game Donkey Kong is in is Mario Kart 64. Um, and I thought they were going to be comparable when I started saying that, but the more I think about it, this is tough. But we are at that point of ranking things where there's nothing comparable here. I just have to pick one. I dislike Mario Kart 64, but I think Mario Kart 64 at least had a lot more like important things going on because it was functionally the start of the entire Mario Kart franchise, whereas Donkey Kong doesn't really go very much farther than this. Yeah, and it has that multiplayer. I was actually going to argue that Donkey Kong Land actually feels better implemented to me. Mario Kart 64 still feels really janky. I think that's only in hindsight, though. To be fair, Tyler, I think every Mario Kart game feels really janky. It doesn't matter how many years have gone by. So speaking of really janky, how does it compare to Mario Party 2? Another episode (laughs) Kevin was on. (laughs) 
where I played Donkey Kong. <laughs> huh, weird how that is. Check out the Let's Play. I had a lot more fun with Mario Party 2. It's not a good game. Zach wins because of communism. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I slipped Bowser a few coins before we started. I hate Mario Party in all honesty because I don't like that game very much. But I think it's actually a better game in large part because you're playing with friends for the most part. Yep. This one being single player, it loses out on a lot, especially to a game like Mario Party. Multiplayer counts for a lot for me. Any thoughts, Tyler? Um, I actually prefer Donkey Kong Land. I think it is a more competently executed game. Your cursor did not go where you thought your cursor did. Nope, didn't. Well, you're outvoted. No, that's fine. I am okay with being outvoted because I did not feel very strongly about it either direction. You just wanted to get your say in? Uh, He asked me. I wasn't going to say anything. Therefore, Donkey Kong Land goes at number 164, above Alleyway, but below Mario Party 2. So, Kevin, what are we going to play next week? And then we'll blame it on you like it was your idea and not someone else's here. I mean, I actually did want to play this game. So did I, to be fair. What what is it? We're going to be playing System Shock. Oh, Bioshock? I love that game. This is the predecessor to the predecessor to Bioshock. Because the the actual (laughs) game I want to play is System Shock 2. Me too. But we just wanted to play System Shock first. I thought that was Bioshock. System Shock 2? Yeah, and also known as Bioshock. Okay, cool. I love that game. It's called System Shock 2 in Norway, and uh, it's Bioshock in America. Ah, okay, okay. No, Bioshock is System Shock 2, 2. Huh? Two also. <laughs> yeah, because it's the it's the sequel to System Shock, which is the sequel to or it's the system It's like the spiritual sequel <laughs> to System Shock 2. Yep. I managed to confuse Kevin. So next time on last time, four five one. This has been a production of Last time on Video Games. Copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltobg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one? Yeah. 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 Yeah.